Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. I've got a title of a sermon for you this morning, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. I want you to try and guess. So I'm going to give you 10 seconds to try and guess what is the title of my sermon. Listen to this. You guessed it, Mission Impossible. I, I love the Mission Impossible series, movies. How many of you have seen it? Mission Impossible. You, you've all recognized that soundtrack, don't you? Well, I, I, I was thinking back of my f- most famous movie that I really, really enjoyed, which was Mission Impossible, genuinely. It was the best movie, I think, of the century. Uh, I think you may have seen it. Um, this movie, Shrek... He, he, he's, he's got a whole lot of fairy tale creatures who have invaded his forest. Do you remember that? And he goes to the king and he gets sent on Mission Impossible. Many a famous knight has gone to try and rescue Princess Fiona in the past and have been reduced to a smoldering ash because of the dragon. Is that right? Yeah. Shrek has to go and rescue the beautiful princess. And he has to deal with a dragon, and he has his, uh, his noble steed to go along with him. Do you remember that? Who hasn't seen the movie? Because some of you are looking at it really blank right now. <laughs> right, this afternoon, go and watch this movie. You've got to go and see Shrek, number one, by the way. He goes on a mission impossible. He can't, he, it's impossible to do this. But... We, Because he's the hero, he does it. He gets the beautiful princess. And then a second phase of Mission Impossible begins. He falls in love with the beautiful princess, Fiona, and he needs now to tell her that. And, you know, it's got a love's first kiss and all that story. You can go and watch. It's a great love story. I'm sure some of you will enjoy it. Mission Impossible. Claire was talking to us about this. She was saying, when you create structures in your life... You create space for increased capacity. She gave us an example of how we dig wells and ditches. And when you dig a well or a ditch, it's used to channel water, isn't it? Water by itself is great, but when it's uncontrollable, when it's in flood, it wreaks havoc, damage, kills people. But if you can control it, if you can put it in a structure, you can use it for washing, for drinking, for irrigation. You all with me? We've had a lot of water this morning in rain. Would you like to feel it? (laughs) Similarly, when we create structures in our lives, what are we doing? We're creating space for increased capacity for multiplication. I've listened to Claire's sermon several times, gone through her notes, I've studied her notes, because she said some things that were quite huge statements, really big. She said, when we create structures, there's a cost involved. I want to reiterate that there is a cost involved when, there's a sacrificial cost involved actually when you create space in your life because it goes against our human tendencies. We want to do things our way. I want to do it my way. You know the same famous song? 
I'll do it my way. And God's saying, no, do it my way. And when you do it my way and create structures for me, I will fill those structures. Claire gave us an example of the Shunammite woman. She built a room at the back of her house. She built an annex. Listen, I don't know if you're aware that building costs today are 1,500 pounds per square meter. So she built a room with an ensuite bathroom and a little kitchenette. We are talking about 50 grand's worth of room. That's not in your Bibles. That's made up. I'm trying to give you an example here that it costs to build something. Am I right? And it might not have been in pounds, obviously not. But it would have cost her something in that day to create a room for the prophet of God. But when she needed something, the prophet was there and she was able to get her son raised back to life. It costs. Jesus himself said this. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, running over. Give a structure, give some space. It will fold. It will run over. Good measure, pressed down. Yes, it's got, there is a cost. But when you create a structure, the second thing is God loves to fill that structure with himself. Doesn't he say, come to me if you're tired and you're weary, and I will give you a true rest. When we bring what we got to him, he fills it. It's incredible. Tithing. You're setting principles of, and structures in your life. What does he say? I'll open up for you the windows of heaven. And I'll pour out for you blessings so much so that we'll not be able to contain it. God loves to fill our structures. Do you remember how Jesus was presented at a wedding with a bit of a dilemma? They had run out of wine. What did they do? They presented him with structure. And Jesus said, fill it with water. And when they did, it was turned into wine. When you begin to create space and structures in your life, God himself will fill it. But when God fills that space, it is always resulting in increase and multiplication. Adam and Eve were put in the garden. What were they told to do? Multiply. Fill the space. Do you remember the story how a little boy brought two, lo- uh, two fishes and five loaves to Jesus? And Jesus took what he had, that structure, that space that was given to him, and he multiplied it, and he fed 5,000 men with women and children, maybe 20,000. Jesus loves to create increase and multiplication inside of us. Jesus himself, the Bible says, was the firstborn amongst many. He was number one, and he multiplied and increased. So there are many, many, many more. That is what we call generational did you know that Jesus imparted himself into 12 men? Today, there are more than 2.2 billion Christians on the planet. Jesus invested into 12 disciples. They started churches. Paul invested into Timothy. Timothy, into, it is generational. When we create space, when we create structures, God fills that space with increase. And he prepares us for multiplication. We see this in uh, Scripture, and the Bible calls it seed time and harvest. When you buy seed, it costs you. If you just got two pounds fifty worth of seed, a couple of little seeds, you only get a little harvest. Costs. So farmers go and invest everything they got to buy bags of it. Is that right? They got bags of seed. Then what do they do? They create structure. They create pharaohs. They turn the land over. Am I right? They create these little, help me a farmer, furrows. Furrows furrows the word that I'm looking for, furrows. And then they plant it in there. The seed goes into the furrows. And what happens? God brings the increase. 
Do you know that on a piece of a, a cob of corn, one little seed, do you know that it multiplies? They've counted, some idiot has counted 700, <laughs> these 700 approximately on each cob of corn. When you take a little bit of seed and invest it into the kingdom, you get 30, 60, 100 fold return. 700. <laughs> Question Are you willing to pay the price? Are you prepared to build those structures in your life? Oh, the flesh is very strong. I'm sure some of you set your alarm clocks at 5 o'clock this week and you hit snooze once, twice, three, four, five times because you see our flesh is screaming out, No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to cut that out of my life. I like that. I want that. And I'm asking you, are you prepared to pay the cost this morning? The Bible says we have to die to our flesh daily. And we have to say, no, I'm building a ditch. I'm building, digging out a well. I'm creating space. It's hard. My flesh is saying no, but my spirit is saying, yes, come on, do it. Why? Because God's going to fill it. And when he fills, it's going to be increase in multiplication. <coughs> Seed. God, when he fills us, he normally always fills us with seed. Do you remember the parable we did a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months now, uh, the parable of the, the vine and the vine dresser. Remember that said there that the vine dresser, he cuts back the dead wood. What's he doing? Creating space. And the Bible says you're getting created, he prunes us with the word of God, not with sickness, not with death, not with penalty, with the word of God, he prunes it. What's it doing? It's creating space. What did Claire do for us last week? She created space in us, started to get us aware. But what's it do? It releases space for what? More growth. So now you suddenly start to get fruit, fruit that starts to multiply. You don't get one grape. You get a whole bunch. Has someone counted how many grapes you get on a bunch? No, don't look at me. I haven't either. I'm not that silly. This 21-day period that we started last week, so we've got 14 more days. I'm asking you, get rid of clutter in your life. Create space. Get rid of bad habits in your life. Get ready for increase. Do something deliberate. Dig, create structures in your heart deliberately so that God can fill that and multiply and increase you. We're talking about seeds and harvest. And there's a verse that comes to mind. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit... Produced by the Holy Spirit within you is da 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 da. I'd like to suggest to you it's mission impossible. The fruit, the harvest, literally that word in the Greek translation says harvest. The, the fruit that is produced by the Holy Spirit inside. When you create space, fruit is built inside of you. And the Bible starts to talk about it. There's one fruit that when you create space is put inside of us. Do you want to know what it is? Mission impossible. Do you want to know? It is called divine love. That is the fruit. Oh, we know that scripture. Wait, wait, wait. You haven't finished reading the whole verse yet. Wait, I know the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, and kindness, and patience, whatever I missed. Goodness, I think I said. Self-control, yes. Come on. You guys know your Bibles. No, wait, 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 wait. It's the Greek word for fruit there is singular. It's not plural. It's singular. He says, the fruit is love. And now the Passion Translation says this, and all its varied expressions. The next list is attributes of the fruit. 
If you have love, this is what it's going to look like. If you have fruit as an apple, what does an apple look like? Well, number one is round. The, the South African apples are normally green and firm. And when you squeeze them, you get apple juice. Am I right? I think you guys have some granny apples that are bright red. Those are, these are attributes of an apple. But what's the fruit? An apple. So when Paul starts to define what's happening here, he's not saying that, oh, you, you can have love, or you could have joy, and you could have patience, and you could have long-suffering. Andrew needs long-suffering. He works with me. He, you could have, no. He's saying we're going to have love, and we all will have these attributes of the Holy Spirit growing up inside of us. Well, we better have a look at the list, shouldn't we? Let me show it to you. The fruit of the Spirit that's produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, the Passion Translation says. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. Goodness, a life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart. And self-control, which is strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. I would like to submit to you, when you create space for God, He starts to put fruit inside of you. That fruit, that mission is love. Guys, all the men, could I see you for a moment? Look at me. This isn't the time to switch off. Because when normal preachers start preaching about love, I switch off. Because they get all feminine on us. All lovey-dovey. All shaky, all tearful. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. This is mission impossible. This is a challenge to men. Ladies, you switch off today. Because you're listening anyhow. You always listen to everything. So. I'm challenging the men. This is not what you're expecting. Don't switch off right now. Don't switch off. Men, listen to me carefully. Mission impossible. The Bible says, not me, the Bible says, God is love. 1 John 4. So when I create space, what's happening? I'm getting God inside my space. When God comes into my space, love is coming into my space. Don't be surprised in the next 21 days if you start doing funny, weird things. This love might have come in and all of a sudden you're going to feel, I've got to do something. It's not, no, no, it's not, it's not the pizza from last night that's disturbing you. I would like to submit to you, it's God himself inside of you. Love is starting to show up inside of you. Bear with me, don't go there, don't switch off, guys. Stay with me. When you create space, when you create capacity, love of God starts to fill you up. That is what the true mission impossible is. 1 Corinthians 14, this is the first verse Verse 1, after the great love, chapter on love, which we'll talk about later. And you know what it says? I didn't even put it on the screen because it's so short. It says, pursue love. Pursue it. Now, hang on a minute. Shrek had to pursue something. Shrek had to pursue that, that dragon. Or was the dragon pursuing Shrek? But there was a fight going on. Listen, do you know what the literal Greek translation there of pursue means? To hunt down. Chase after, hotly pursue. That means 
You put on your, your, your camouflage jacket. You've got your sneakers on. You've got your rifle. Then you get some paint, war paint, and you paint your face. Why? You're after that animal. You're hunting it down. Am I right? Then you check the direction of the wind because you always want to be downstream so they can't smell you. And now you start to hunt. And you check the spur. You check the trail that it's leaving. Am I right? And for days, you track and say, that, that buck has been in this direction. This buck has been... Why? Because you want some bulltong. You want to shoot the guy. And, and, no, you're not with me. I'm South African. We eat buck. Right. So what are you doing? You're pursuing. And the Bible tells us to pursue love. Some of us are so busy sleeping in bed. Hitting the snooze button. We need to start to wake up and say, I've got to pursue God. I've got to pursue love. I've got to build structures. Why? Because when I build structures in space, God comes in. And we've got to pursue it. Like Shrek was pursuing after Fiona. Like, what's the actor in uh, uh, Mission Impossible? Tom Cruise. He's pursuing the baddie. Or is he the baddie? I never quite know. I'm rooting for him. I'm not sure. Is he good or bad? Because I, need to, I know I have to support the good guy. But he's hunting down. Have you noticed they always dress in black balaclavas on? They're hunting down the baddie. Pursue love. Mission impossible. Well, what is love? I need to ask you, what is love? Now, in Greek language, in Greek uh, culture, there are four words that are used for love. Forgive me if you know these. I learned something this week when I started studying them. I thought I knew these four Greek words. I learned something. The Holy Spirit showed me this. Well, I'm going to start with the fun one. Eros. <laughs> that is sensual love. The first one. Sensual, sexual love. It comes from, a, from that Greek word, we get the word, erotic. In Greek myth, uh, culture, it refers implies the impulses to satisfy, to gratify sexual desire and the lusts of the flesh. The Greek original root word that it is derived from means to beg and demand. This word is not a nice word, actually. It is never used in Scripture. Nowhere in the whole Bible does it use this word. Even when Paul is teaching on marriage and sex in marriage, he does not use this word. Because this word implies self-satisfying, self-gratifying, self-seeking, self-pleasuring, self-appetite. It is not the act of making love. That's a different word. It's called synosia. No, this is the motive behind the love that you get. This love here is self-gratifying, seeking, sexual appetite. It shouldn't be found in us. The second word that they use is tergo. That defines in the Bible as family type love. It's the type of love that you have a mother for a child, a child for a mother. It even talks of love for, that a nation would have for their ruler. It's a type of love that my doggies have for me. <laughs> it's a love that is devoted to one another. They're absolutely besotted with me. When my dogs come home, they run past Claire, and my dogs meet me at the door first. I have to go look for Claire. <laughs> she says, oh, you're home. But my dogs, they're there. They're devoted to me. They know who's boss. That's a love called Stargo. 
The third type of love that we have is phileo. That's affectionate love. That's the love that you're supposed to have between a girlfriend and a boyfriend. I think nowadays it's more like eros type love between a girlfriend and a boyfriend. But it's supposed to be affectionate love. This is the love that you get between two friends. People that have something, they're compatible with each other. They're well matched. They're suited to each other. They complement each other. But here's the problem with filial love. Filial love is based on a mutual satisfaction and can easily be disappointed. If you don't live up to your side of the deal, I will be disappointed and I'll suddenly my affection for you wanes. It disappears a little bit. Affectionate love. That's not the love that Paul was talking about when he said that we need to have love and pursue love. That's not the type, those three there are not the love that we're talking about. Those aren't mission impossible. Any idiot can do those. See one pretty face, and you immediately got filio. Have a baby, and you got stergo. Look at the internet, and you got eros. Anyone can do that. God is asking us to go for the mission impossible one. Guys, are you ready for this? Mission impossible. He's asking us to go for a garpe love. Oh, I know you've heard a sermon on garpe love before. No, you haven't. Not like this one. Listen to this, guys. There's no higher type of love. This is a Shrek love for Fiona. This is conquer the giant. This is take out the dragon. This is a garpe love. It's impossible love. You see, it's not weeping, it's not silent, it's not shivering and, and quaking. And when you, oh, I feel anointing, oh, I've got goosebumps on my goosebumps. No, it's not that. It's not religious. When a agape love sees somebody, when they recognize and understand and appreciate the value of the other person, it causes them to have great esteem, awe and admiration, wonder and sincere appreciation for the other person. Such great respect is awakened in their hearts that they are compelled to love it. Their love for that person or that object is so strong, they find them irresistible. I have to have it. It's a little bit like I have this with Greg's sausage rolls. When I see it, and I see the crispiness of it, and freshly baked, I have to have it. There's no better way of understanding Agape love than God himself. You see, God looked at the human race. He stood over heaven and he looked in and he saw the mankind lost in sin. But God held us in the highest esteem and appreciation. He saw in us his very own image. He found us precious and he loved us. That was agape love. And the Bible says that stirring was in God's heart and he had to do something. God had to have us. He looked around heaven and said, what can I do? I need these guys. I want these guys. I love these guys so much. that he said, I'm going to send my only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send just a little bit of pinky dust or, or pixie dust. He didn't send any goosebumps. He sent Jesus. He sent his best and one and only for you and for me. I want to tell you something. You're precious. If you were the only person on the planet, God will still send Jesus just for you. That's agape love. Someone here this morning is you thinking, I'm not valued. God doesn't love me. He sent his best for you. I'm telling you, God finds you irresistible. You create a little bit of space. He says, I want that space. I dare you. I dare you 
Give him your heart and see what he does. I'll come right on inside. He's knocking at the door saying, I want to come in. I want you with a God I love. A God I love. Guys, listen to me. This is where you're going to kick in. A God I love is so profound. It knows no limits or boundaries. It doesn't know what high, wide, or deep is. It will climb any mountain. It will go over any wall. It has to have you. Agape love will even sacrifice itself if it needs to. It will self-sacrifice for somebody else. Agape love is the highest form of love. A self-sacrificing love that is moved to action. Not weeping, action. Agape love is so strong, it's it's compelled, I have to shower love upon you, regardless of your response. Even if you shun away and say, I don't want your love, he's still, I've got to love you. It's not based on a mutual beneficial love. It's not based upon family love. It's not based on erotic love. It's based on, I've got to have you, I'm going to give it to you, even if you spit at me every single time. And there's a world outside there that still hate God, but he still loves them, and he still wants Jesus for them. This is mission impossible type of love. Agape love does not look for what it can get back in response. Agape love is not looking for people, what people can do for them, but rather what they can do for people. Agape love is not soft and tearful and emotional. Agape love accepts mission impossible, even if this podcast auto-destructs after 10 seconds. Agape love is strong. It will climb any mountain. It will go to foreign lands to conquer, to get the beautiful princess. Agape love is motivated and moved to serve into action. Selflessness always goes the extra mile. It goes beyond the realm of emotion. Jesus had died. And for the next 40 days, he was visiting people, appearing in the middle of nowhere, and just and walking through walls and stuff. And Peter and the boys, they got discouraged. And they went out and they were fishing on the, on, on the lake. And Jesus was on the shore. And he, he made a fire and he got some fish going. And he said, guys, it's me. Come on over. Oh, they were so excited. They pulled with all their might. They ju- In fact, Peter just jumped straight into the water and hurled out to get to Jesus. And Jesus takes Peter aside and says, I want to chat to you. And, and, and they're walking along the beach kicking some stones. Maybe Peter picked up a stone. Let's see if he can get it to bounce across the water. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, will you agape me? Do you agape me? Will you feed my sheep? Peter, he knew what agape meant. Self-sacrificing. Uh, uh, hang on. <laughs> Jesus, let me just check this out. You want me to go into full-time ministry? You want me to run a home group? You want me to do a, a life group and actually get people to come into my house? You want me to go to church and serve on the helps team once a month? That's mission impossible. I can't do that. My beauty sleep. I need my beauty sleep. I think Jesus might have said, you need some more beauty sleep, mate. <laughs> mission impossible. Are you asking me to lay down my life for some sheep? I can't do that. So Peter responds, says, hey, Jesus, 
I can't quite do that, but I'll fully love you. Hey, I'm fond of you. Hey, man, we're buddies. Come on, man. Come on, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm with you, mate. Jesus comes at him a second time and says, Peter, I'm asking you, will you agape me? Will you go to another nation for me? Will you climb a mountain for me? Will you make sure that there's nothing too high, nothing too low, nothing too wide? You will go and you'll chase it down until you, you'll pursue it. Will you fill it up with... And Peter again responds a second time saying, Oh Lord, you know, mate, we mates. I fully love you. As long as I'm getting something out of this, I'll come along to help. I'll come along to band. As long as, as long as I feel satisfied. As long as the pastor stands up on Christmas Day and says, Oh, what a wonderful band we have. Then I'll play. But the day he forgets to thank the band, I'm out of here. Are you prepared to agape me? Third time, Jesus asked, Will you filio me? And suddenly it dawned on Peter what's happening. Three times, just 40 days earlier, Jesus was on trial before Pilate. Peter was in the court, warming himself around a fire. And the, some guy said, Hey, aren't you with that Jesus bloke there who's about to be crucified? He said, Oh, no, not me. And Peter, filioed love, denied him three times. Filial love can easily disappoint. I've got news for you. Your pastor is human. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not asking you to filial love me. I'm asking for God's agape love. To go way past my weakness. Yeah, I know I forgot to phone you. I'm sorry I forgot to email you. I'm sorry I screwed up there and there and there. I know you didn't like the color on the wall. I chose it anyhow. I'm asking you to agape. I'm asking you to press on regardless. I'm asking you not to do it for me, but for God who's inside of you. To create space and structure inside and say, I'm prepared to go that extra mile. You see, Jesus knew Peter couldn't agape him. It's impossible. Listen to me. It's impossible for you to agape in the natural. So Jesus had a plan. Jesus is always a man with a plan. And Jesus said to me, said to Peter, hey, you guys, go wait for me in Jerusalem. For 10 days, I want you to hang around there and do nothing. I want you to create some space. I want you to start some worship sessions and some prayer meetings and hang around there. And they started to create some space. And when they created space, God poured out the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God came into their lives. Do you know what the Bible says? It says this. Jesus was talking and said, it's impossible for some people to do, like for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. But then Jesus said these next words as well. He said, with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You see, you can't, but when you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, then you can. This is why it's mission impossible. You can do it with him in. There's another verse. Look at this one, Romans 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God, agape love, the love of God, agape love, look at me, the love of God is shed in your hearts. Love comes in when you create space, when God comes in. Oh, are you going to ask him into your heart today? Let his love come in. You see, I've got some excellent news for you. Love never fails. 
Some of you have been praying for your loved ones for years upon year upon year upon year. I want to tell you, love never fails. Carry on, go the extra mile. I know they'll write you a bad email. They'll go on Facebook and they'll diss you on Facebook. They might put a tweet out there that's nasty about you. But you've got to carry on with the love because love never fails. You've got to carry on serving. I don't care what you do. You carry on and say, God, I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to do it even if no one appreciates me. I'll still stand in the rain and welcome people. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll bake that cake. I'll serve in that band. I'll do the PA equipment. I will do whatever I need to do because I'm doing it for you. God, I'll need your God pay love inside of me. I want to ask you this morning, do you want to create some space? Do you want to invite Jesus in? Do you want to invite God into your hearts and say, God, I need your God pay love? And I'm asking, dig a little deeper. Create some space. Let God in. You'll be amazed. Over the next couple of weeks, as you create space, you're going to start doing things that is totally not you. Seeds are going to grow up inside of you. You're going to start to be nice. <laughs> you're, going to start to, you're going to start to love somebody else. You might, you might say, I'll take you home. I'll buy you that Greg sausage roll. Hint. I'll... <laughs> I'll share the love of God. Come and stand with me.